Good morning. An old time high. Hi. Speaking of high. Okay, okay no, that's I'm our recording. topic today. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't recording. Oh, why? Well, I, I was. Uh, you never know when we might get a gem, uh, an ad lib gem. Uh, oh. Oh, I'm kind of well, off today. I just got home from work. and We got off work and you're off to see the wizard. I'm a little off too. Uh-oh, this is going to be an off old episode. Episode 49. <whistles> oh my. And I, I think the, for, episode 50 is going to be a clip show, right? <laughs> In the grand TV tradition. That'd be funny. <laughs> I'd like to, but... I, I That's more work that than making for... a real one, though. <laughs> I, I think, I think that would be an editing nightmare. <laughs> it could be funny, though. This could be a narrating nightmare, I reckon. This is Timbo. We're going to be having a hoop it up today with uh, some sleep of time lemonade and uh, Wild West, Wild West talk westerns, or at least uh, one western. They're not going to talk the whole day about a western, but just most of it. Jeez. Well, okay, I'm back in the kitchen tonight. Back Back in in the the kitchen kitchen again, again, where the ice machine's John's only friend. You're not outside. No, I wanted to go outside, but... Well, it's it's not actually that. It's like, it's kind of threatening to rain. Threatening to rain. But, of course, now that I set up inside, it's not going to. Right. That's our Western idea. Threatening to rain. (laughs) And I I wanted to try this new Wi-Fi setup I I did and see if it worked out there well. Oh, we're talking about doing something different. Yeah, I replaced my old router with a a new one that has three, three pods to it. I'm a pod person. <laughs> In a hive mind. So basically, one of them is where the old router was. Yeah. You know, it's plugged plugged into the modem and all that stuff like you usually do. And then it's got two satellite units that I put in other parts of my home. Sounds like a good idea. And it kind of makes the network a lot better. So... Satellite of Love. You know that song? Yeah, yeah. Uh, of it's course, I favorites. always think of Mystery Science Theater 3000 when you say that. But Oh, I don't have any relation to that with that song. I just think of the song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Is, it, so did they reference that in the show? I, no, because I, the, 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 the little ship where Joel and whoever and the robots are is called the Satellite of Love. Oh, okay. I can see. Satellites go away to Mars. Yeah. Well, so there. So there. <laughs> Jinx. Otherwise, yeah, my, I'm back at work. I'm, I'm still getting used to it. That sounds so, so lazy that I'm well, not used to having to go to work. It's, it's you're adjusting. Yeah. Readjusting. No, I, I get it. I mean, I, I don't know. There are days where... <laughs> I still, I'm still, I still am getting used to it. I guess I don't know. It seems it, 
it isn't like really weird every time. It's just no, no. Oh. Some of it it's very familiar, but we're doing like like you. We're doing all this preparation for students sort of coming back, and everybody around me and my the ones I talk to at least are kind of in this weird mood. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to say morale is bad, but it's also just what's going to happen. No, nobody quite knows. I I don't, I can't think of the word for it. And it's probably, there is probably a word in French, but it, it's, uh, it's not like low morale and it's not like completely defeated. It's not like super depressed. It's just this kind of, it's like a that kind of sound. It's all the way. I, can, I, don't know. I I don't know. I mean, some some days are are different, and I oh I got a lot done today, and hey I'm all excited, but a lot of the time I'm just like, it's not going through the motions. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, because the people I'm work working with are doing a lot of work. Yeah, we're working Even hard. Even if it's I'm just, not, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you will be. No, don't worry. Um, no, it, no, of you, course, uh, you, things were so frozen over the summer. Right. And now, now it's hurry so up you're and get stuff and now, and now it's frozen, too. No. <laughs> Our podcast is now available on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> the animated version. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Boing, boing, boing. We need more sound effects. So there. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I've said that too many times today already. I'll cut this those episode out. is called So There. <laughs> um okay. <laughs> what are we? Where am I? I have not Where I did I? not go to Rapid City last week. Um oh, okay. <laughs> update there. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking back to the previous episodes. <laughs> um uh, so that that's good. Uh what what are you drinking? I heard your glass. Well, so you got something. I I had I had a uh, miracle on ice. Liftbridge evidently does miracle. this. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, I didn't put it on ice, but I had an ice to or uh, chilled glass. No, it's uh, Liftbridge puts this out once a year. I think it's uh, to raise money for charities or something. Or yeah, it's based on that the big hockey win against the Rushkis. So. And remind people it, what Liftbridge is. Liftbridge is a brewery in Stillwater, I believe. Oh, and a lift is based on the, the, the lift bridge in Stillwater, so it must be. <laughs> it's a famous yeah. old bridge. Sounds like a good name for a beer. That lifts. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's a golden lager. They called it, and it was okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna go. Fortunately, they had, they were selling just, you can just buy just one if you wanted. So I just, I didn't buy all six pack, but. That's a nice way to try things, isn't it? Yeah. I would have, I would have drank the whole six pack. Maybe not today, but. (laughs) Maybe not today. (laughs) You know, but now that's a lot of beer to drink in one. I don't think I, well, you know, I, I've no, I've heard of people that can drink like a case or something. I I know. I, I, it's. It's not because I I, the alcohol is so so bad, although that's quite a bit of booze. But I, it just fills me up. So I mean, I, I drink one bottle of cider or beer or something like that, and it's like. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. If I, if I was going to get drunk, it wouldn't be just drinking as many beers as I could. 
That sounds awful. That's a lot of work. I mean, get, getting completely wasted on whiskey isn't much fun either, though. No. That stuff can <laughs> do a number on you. Well, sure. I mean, there have been a, a few a few times where I've had a higher proof thing and not really paid attention. And yeah. You get a little, ooh, whoops. There you go. But now I now I have a, uh, I hadn't had bullet uh, or bullet or whatever it's called. How would you, how do you pronounce it? I just call it, it bullet. <laughs> the, the, the old frontier people wouldn't call it bullet or whatever. Bullet. 95 rye I'm doing. Pure South Dakota. <laughs> they're peering into their glass of bullet rye. Mm-hmm. No, I. So you're doing good. the the rye or the bourbon? The rye. Okay, I think that's the better choice. Yeah, I like I like rye. Anyway, that's what I yeah. have. What do you got? Um, Anything? Nothing. So yet. I, you just got home. I I poured myself something. But so on our last episode, the one before, actually, that's two episodes ago. No, <laughs> now we can't keep track of the days. Or I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I I brought up this oh, this scotch yeah. called the Wee Beastie, <laughs> right? And I said this sounds really cool and everything, and I'm not going to buy it because I have too much scotch in the house. But sure. this past uh, past weekend, uh, we had a big storm. And it knocked our electricity out for almost two days. And yeah. we went out just to go somewhere because <laughs> what are you going to do? We're, <laughs> At least it wasn't and I, like and I was near a, your electric store that had it. And I just said, well, screw it. I'm just going to I'm going to buy it. <laughs> have you tasted it yet? So, yes, I have had. I've tried it a couple times and I have had a glass. So as, okay. as a reminder, the we it's an Ardbeg, which is a, an Isla scotch it's very 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 smoky peaty kind of in the uh lafroig or uh lagavulin family is that smoky it's up there i i think it's if i don't remember what its parts per million are but um i think it's in between uh lagavulin and lafroig so it's it's pretty high (laughs) wow and they i've had a couple of their other versions this one as I mentioned before, is it's a five-year-old, so the wee part All of it. Right. Their right. their standard version is ten-year, and then they have a few others that are either older or don't have age statements. But I think they're older. Five years is pretty young for Scotch. Okay. The minimum is three. Huh. So this one is a. I think it was done as a special bottling that they decided to make part of the permanent lineup. Oh. And. I heard a few people talk about it, but it's the the great thing about it is that that its price is pretty good. I think I paid forty bucks for it, which for a high quality smoky scotch is that these days is pretty good. Yeah, um, it's also not chill, non chill filtered, and not uh, no artificial color, so it's got a nice pale natural color to it. Just like these two lily livers. <laughs> okay, which I. I appreciate it more. More on the the chill filter thing, I think, is more important. But yeah. it's got all that, and it's also at. Uh, let me double check. It's forty seven point four percent alcohol. Okay. Again, the minimum for Scotch is forty, and most people consider a forty percent Scotch to be a little bit on the ane- anemic side. 
<laughs> you get a little more flavor if it gets up to 45 or a little higher. So that this is this is good. It's a nice presentation. Um, I think one of the things that's different about it is the standard version is I believe just aged in ex bourbon oak barrels, like right. kind of standard issue scotch thing. And I think this one has spent part of its time in some ex sherry bar- barrels also. So it has oh. a little bit of a fruit. It's like a, a piece of fruit that's caught fire. <laughs> <laughs> Roasted uh, <laughs> peach. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it has a, a huge... I've grilled fruit sometimes. Huge nose. <laughs> that it just really... And, you know, um, I've had... Kind of like a Carl Malden nose. It, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good segue. <laughs> we'll save it, though. Um, yeah, I'll... <laughs> You can, you can go look it up if you want to hear more about this one, but it's very, very nice. It has a again a huge smoke, peaty smoke hit. Is that what is that all the flavor you're getting, or what? What other things are you getting? Is it just is you're just getting smoke? There must be what, mm. what are some? Oh other no, that here? that's the it, fruit. It, you get the fruit. I, I get a little bit of a fruit in with the smoke, and it, it you know Lagavulin, which is the one I've had most recently. That's it, it's category i think that one has a richer um flavor that kind of stays with you longer this this one i think maybe it's because it's a a younger whiskey but it it kind of the flavor kind of hits you quickly and and disappears oh sad well no it's just different i i know it also doesn't cost (laughs) 80 or 90 dollars (laughs) either right but which I like fine. it. Um, I think Ardbeg is generally a good one, and if you if you like this kind of scotch, I'd say try try at least try the ten year version, which is usually pretty reasonable. And they have some wow. other interesting ones, but that's what I name got. like Wee Beastie. I want to try that. The, it, yeah, they come up with these these clever names. <laughs> the the other uh, versions are named after Gaelic, you know myths and stuff that are near near them in scotland like the one that's called the cory vrecken no that's uh that's a a a monster whirlpool somewhere (laughs) near near the island and oh yeah okay they've they've got stuff like that that that's you know put it put a fancy name on it with a stupid story and (laughs) 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 i the the smoky salt water drowns you in flavor. <laughs> it's not like the Purple Death uh, notes, but not quite. I mean, obviously, <laughs> Purple Death was obviously making fun of of snobby it's, wine itself. tasting, but uh, oh, yeah. Scotch definitely could be taken down a peg too. <laughs> mm. Well, you can have some fun with Wee Beastie. No, no, the Wee Beastie. So very, very nice. I, I, I enjoy it. So I had a weird incident. Go ahead. I had a weird incident. Um, One thing I was going to ask Linda or a former guest here, a previous guest, was uh, we didn't have time. We can bring her on again some other day. But you know, we the episode was eight hours long. Right. So I mean, it was uh, it was almost as long as the uh, original cut of One Eye Jacks. Terrible. I'm just gonna have all these different segues. No, but I, I, um, I, 
that we won't follow. I, um, she, she's talked to, or I mentioned on Facebook, some, you know, she does a lot of baking and cooking and stuff. And she's mentioned some kitchen mishaps. Well, I had, I had a kitchen mishap. So I had the frozen pizza and, uh, well, it was not frozen anymore cause it was cooked, but I took it out of the oven and, uh, lots of matza. I think that's my favorite. Um, oh, I've had that pizza. a number of times. Yeah. I think that that sausage, uh, the kids and I really like that a lot. Um, now, now the, do, you, do you guys ever get the Lotsa Hotsa one? Have you seen that one? No. That, no. Oh, that's it. No. Maybe your kids wouldn't be into it, but <laughs> probably it, not. It's got it's got spicy pepper and peppers oh. on it. It's, well, you it's know, good. I really like it, but the, not all establishments the, carry it. <laughs> <laughs> the last uh, I haven't tried a lot of their other other versions because we just like the sausage so much but the um the first time i had it was at uh connie and sean's listeners here and and uh it was really good but they they do put peppers on they put uh before they cook it they put on those little yellow ones from a jar or some pepperoncinis i don't Mm -hmm. yeah i think so yeah oh yeah and they can they can correct me if i'm wrong on the comments but uh (laughs) they're gonna be our sponsor (laughs) <laughs> good so i pulled it out of the oven maybe not after this story because i have a potential lawsuit no i'm kidding but i um i pulled it out of the oven and i i i don't cook it directly on the rack i have this um metal thing that works fine and uh with little holes in the bottom so the heat can get through there easier or something i don't know but whatever and uh but sometimes the cheese on the end of the pizza you know, a little stick on the side so it won't slide right off onto the cutting board. And uh, so, you know, I'll use the pizza cutter around the side to loosen it up and then it slides off. But sometimes you got to chop a little bit. So I was chopping away at some cheese and a tiny little piece of hot, uh, hardened black or browned, dark brown, crispy um, cheese flew up into my right eye. And it uh, burned a little bit, Ooh, and it kind of—that's bad luck. And it, and it, uh, and it stung, and it—you know—it's one of those deals when you injure your eye, you, it feels like the thing's still in there, but I don't think it is. So, but that—that's my my kitchen mishap story. If you're listening, Glenda, there I have one too. So, I didn't burn my kitchen down, but I mean, she didn't either exactly. I think she has several kitchen fire stories. I don't know. <laughs> I just burned my eye. Hi, sir. I think John thought that story was going to go a little longer and left. He's running around the block. I'm sorry, I was muted. Well, that's the well. What I was saying probably doesn't matter, but that's like the Zoom or the 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 somebody was saying that's the the line of 2020 is oh i, I was yeah i, I like that. it probably is right <laughs> that and zoom bombing wow i never um, had that happen what i was gonna say is that i have trouble baking those pizzas at home because my oven somehow um overcooks the top and undercooks the crust oh 
and do that, you do it and, have you ever done it directly on the well that's that's what i usually do is right on the on the rack and it still won't get that it still won't it doesn't get hot and i i think part of the problem is that my oven may not be super accurate and it, it's also one of those convection style ones where the 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 element isn't like right or the heat source isn't like right under the pizza okay so i i gotta keep working on that but they they never even turn if you put out it well. on lower <laughs> even if you put it lower on the rack yeah, it doesn't seem to matter where I put it. That's not what she said. Oh, um, I don't know I, the, much the about best, convention ovens. Um, the Con- convection ovens. <laughs> I said convention. Haha, <laughs> DNC. No. The best luck I've had is is uh, pizza stone, but you have to yeah. you have to really heat those up. And sometimes if I let the thing thaw partially or something, it'll it'll cook better. But um, it's it's sad. Although when we were <laughs> hanging out with no electricity for two days. The one thing we could use to cook was our gas grill, right? So right. that's that's handy and sure. So I and I needed to use up some stuff in my freezer that was about to go bad. So I had a cheap frozen <laughs> pizza and some burgers oh. or something. It's like I just cooked them and sure. I, I I put the frozen pizza on there, which it it was pretty much thawed. It was still cold, and it, it got it almost burnt up. On the bottom, but I pulled it off just in time, and actually, it was great. <laughs> oh, weird! And it was one of those crappy Red Baron pizzas with just cheese on it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Strangely good, though. I don't know. <laughs> Strangely the, good. The best cheap pizza I've had, aside from maybe a Totino's with the little square pepperonis. <laughs> right. There's something about that I... if you cook them right. I don't know. They, they're I their own it. category. We, we've talked about pizza before, but they're kind of their own I, category of pizza. I guess that's a nostalgic thing, too, because I remember those little pizzas. Mm-hmm. It's <clears throat> I may not like them if I never had them when I was a kid. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure that's true. I mean, they're they're awful. <laughs> they're awful. They're bloody awful. The, the other brand we have around here that I think is good is called Hedgies. Ah, yeah, um, I've had that at a bar somewhere. Yeah, else. I think they're the they're the American Legion pizza or something like that, where you, you know, if you if you don't really have, you can't make your own. You just heat those up in a pizza oven. Yeah, behind the bar. Yeah, um, some bars have little tiny pizza ovens instead of like a whole kitchen or something. They just and you know they're hey they're I, good. I have food and they're they're made uh, in Minnesota. I don't I don't know for sure if I've had one of those. I almost bought one of those instead of a lot of matzo last They're they're time. a little expensive. I think they if you don't get them on sale, they're they're almost ten bucks a piece. I think, which is a lot. Well, for frozen, I I don't know. I don't mind spending a little more on groceries right now mm-hmm. for for some things, just because I'm not going out to eat hardly ever. So it, it it's like <laughs> I'm going to splurge a little bit on this frozen pizza. I, it, normally, I, know, I would I, never have done that. I, I know, and, and <laughs> I'm so cheap, I, and I, I can be cheap about the dumbest thing. I get a lot of flack from here in the home home front about sure, being sure. penny wise and pound foolish, <laughs> or is it the other way around? Something like that. <laughs> anyway, so we have a movie to talk about tonight that we I recently watched, and I think you did not too long ago, right? Well, I. I saw it, I don't know how long ago I saw it, but I, I saw it when you first put it on your Plex. But, um, so it, it had been a while ago that I've seen it, but I ended up rewatching it mm-hmm. um, because I knew 
you wanted to talk about it. But what, so what, what, you're reading a book right now, though. What's that book called? I forgot. Um, um, it's funny. I happen to have it right in front of me. Um, this was suggested by my brother, Rob. Um, Frequent guest. Yeah, he is. He's a two-timer. <laughs> um, it's called Six Guns and Society. A And it's kind of like a film, film studies book. More. It is definitely an academic book. And it had the academic high price, <laughs> was which was like thirty dollars for a not very big paperback. <laughs> oh, that sounds familiar. And no, and no Kindle, no nothing. It's just. <laughs> I mean, it was published in the nineteen seventies. Six Guns and Society: A Structural Study of the Western, by Will Wright. Right. W R I G H D. Well, maybe my library has it or something. You, yeah, I, I did look actually. <laughs> After all, I'm I'm pound foolish. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> although this might be a good one to have, it sounds like you know to 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 go yeah, back to. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you can you can go look it up, but it's the uh, the author basically, and I'm sure I'm butchering this, but he he kind of breaks the 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 the, the old. American myth idea, almost the Joseph Campbell kind of thing. Sure, and writes a book about the American Western film and how it fits into our American cultural myth. So he breaks breaks the the Western up into four different categories, and what they are is the classical plot, which yeah. is. Um, Movies like, uh, what's one everybody knows, Shane or something like that, where there's a pr- protecting the the farm, the innocent farmers or uh, that kind of thing. There's there's usually a, a showdown with the bad guys. Kind of the Seven Samurai thing? Um, no, that's different when people come to town. Yeah, to... that's a different category, actually. Um, which, yeah, yeah. And, and as an example, some of the... Um, the movies he the thing is what he did is he went through all of the top grossing western films from the 1930s through the 19 early 1970s and decided to focus on maybe four to five for for each category and write extensively although he did categorize many of them but he only wrote in detail about four or five for each category so an example of that would be obviously shane duel in the sun uh dodge city Canyon Passage, things like that. Um, the next one is called The Vengeance Variation. Sure. That one includes the movie we're discussing, uh, uh, One-Eyed Jacks, yeah. uh, Stagecoach, the famous John Wayne film. Um, includes uh, The Man from Laramie. Sean. Sean's not from Laramie. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The man from Torrington. The man from that's the sequel. The man from Torrington. <laughs> Let's do that Taco one. Taco John's. <laughs> we should do a western starring Sean. That would be great. He could totally do a western. Sean played the heavy and scenes from a reggae western by David Daniels and Phil Hunter. I, I'm sure Phil remembers that, and maybe Sean does too. And back in the day, Rob wrote a script for a western called. The Cowboy Code, kind of a Western radio idea as well. And they wrote a song, Phil wrote a song called The Cowboy Code. And Christian E. did some of the music. 
Oh man. Um, All right. The other uh, the I'll other two the are the, the the transition <laughs> theme, which is uh, movies oh. are about societal change and like it, it it includes you know really basic plot points like the uh, transition of the the wild west from ranchers and cowboys to farmers and the railroad and all that stuff. Yeah. The railroads come into town. Yep. Blazing saddles. Exactly. Actually that I, I <laughs> bet if he had looked at that film the right way, he could have, he could have put it in this category. That wasn't the seventies. <laughs> was it? Um, yeah. Blazing saddles. Was, in the seventies. Well, that was grossing. <laughs> I, I don't know if it, it, yeah, he, I don't think he, he probably didn't include it because it was a comedy, but yeah, I, I've I've seen that movie uh, critically analyzed, it, and it's actually really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, not well, not it, only it, from it, it, a Western's plot or plot point, but also from a racial standpoint. Oh well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but no, it's actually very. <laughs> it holds up to a scrutiny pretty well in that way. But oh, and some of the movies in this that he he writes about are High Noon, of course, Johnny Guitar. How, that's next time how the list. west was won and broken arrow and like for example broken arrow is this jimmy stewart western i think it came out in 1950 and oh, it's wow. it's one of these uh ones where the the hero has kind of a change of attitude regarding something and in this case it's the american indian okay and all that stuff due to something happening so there are lots of interesting stuff there. When you see Johnny Guitar, yeah. you'll see exactly how it fits in there, too, because that's got another one of those uh, progress and civilization coming out and people who want to resist it. And nasty women. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Strong women equals nasty in some um, people's vernacular. And the last one is called The Professional <laughs> Plot. Oh. What's that? Are you gone? Okay. Plot, I think. All right. And then I, just, I, I, speculated. I just restarted my recording because I'm drunk or something. I don't know. Already? Uh, no, that's the that's the bad part. I'm not. I don't know. I just don't know, Phil. So you are recording now? Yes, I'm recording well, now. Well, I, I have been, so this is going to be a weird one for you to edit. <laughs> Lots, when you do the first lots, it's going to be like five minutes long by the time I'm done. <laughs> when you do the like first Scott, uh, Scott, 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 the end. <laughs> Here's a song. I thought it'd be funny to have a really short episode and a really long song, but this won't be it. <laughs> yeah, but you got to do the song, or you could just well write a thirty second song and repeat it fifty times. <laughs> no, I was thinking some pro- some prog rock thing. Oh. That's a lot of work, man. Uh, not the way I do it. <laughs> um, oh, the last one. Still would be. Yeah, the last category is called the professional plot, which is probably I specu- where I speculated the what you were that meant. magnificent seven slash seven samurai, seven samurai. whatever is it sure. fits in. A bunch of uh, gunfighters are hired to do something, save the town, or yeah, drive out the bad um, guys. It includes. Or- Rio Bravo, which I have not watched yet, sadly. No. The Professionals, which I think he almost had to use that one. That's a movie I haven't seen but have heard of That may before. have what he came up with the name um, for. Him. And, and The Wild Bunch. Oh, yeah. The Wild Bunch. I remember that. And Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. 
Oh, so okay. That's not a group of guys, though. Well, it doesn't have to be a group. Oh, I thought it had to be at least uh, at least five people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it also includes True Grit. Remember True that one? True Grit. Okay, right. That's only yeah, one guy. Because yeah, so I think it's it, it can be one. It's not based on numbers. No, True Grit, and then and then the remake, the Coen Brothers remake. Did you see that one? I did. I've only seen that one. I haven't watched the John Wayne version yet. Actually, I don't think I've seen the John Wayne version either. No, well, but, I will be watching it. Um, <laughs> I yeah, that was good. But but so One Eye Jacks is um, if it didn't have the cast it had, and if it didn't have the locations and the nice uh, the wonderful cinematography and that kind of thing, I think the movie would have been just kind of there. I don't know if I mean. Even though the script had about 130 people working on it, including mm-hmm. like Rod Serling and Sam Peckinpah and yeah, a lot other, of people took other names I don't remember worked on drafts of it, and I think and, and apparently Stanley Kubrick was going to direct it for a while, and that yeah, would have been yeah, weird. Well, and he he brought in his own screenwriter from Paths of Glory, or so I couldn't remember the name that name. So um. To back this up a little bit, uh, yeah. One Eye Jacks, 1961 Western. It's the only film Marlon Brando ever directed. <laughs> um, and actually, it's it's very good, but it's it's it has a couple of aspects that are are somewhat infamous. Uh, one of them is that it went wildly over budget. The uh, yeah. it's said that he shot over a million feet of film. Yeah, and it was like they were the studio was expecting it to be about one point eight, and it came out to be about six. And <laughs> yep, it, it, tons of money was spent on this film. It was shot in this big film format called VistaVision, which, and again, <laughs> it it uses about twice as much as standard thirty five millimeter film does, and it was filmed in a lot of cool locations. Uh, and, mostly in California, but it looks beautiful. It really does. Oh, it's a beautiful looking movie. It yeah. actually was filmed in another format at the same time, this division and something else, but I can't remember. Are you sure? Uh, yeah, oh. yeah, I think so. I don't know if the entire hmm. movie was filmed by two in, in two formats. I might've but... forgotten that. Well, in, in some ways the making of the movie is almost more interesting than the movie. But and there's yeah, a whole book it, on that, a million know, feet of film. Uh, yeah, exactly. And and the the guy who wrote that, who's on that little documentary that you watched, um, I heard on a podcast recently. Oh right. And who was a guest on somebody's film related podcast, and he he's done a bunch of like uh, research and commentary tracks on movies and stuff like that. He's a he's a Western aficionado. <laughs> yeah. But. The movie itself is in some ways pretty conventional, although, again, it does have a great cast. Uh, Brando kind of had his pick of people that he really liked, including his friend Carl Malden, as we mentioned, <laughs> with and his when, big nose. And, and when uh, Stanley Kubrick was involved, I guess his only legacy in the movie le- that was left over was some of the casting, because I think he brought on... Um, Oh, Slim Pickens. Slim, P- Slim Pickens, who is is actually great, and he's a little different 
Oh, ben, yeah. jo- ben Johnson, who's in a lot of of, of westerns, yeah. as as kind of he, a lot of a lot of secondary parts, but he's well known if you see very many westerns. Uh, Katie Gerardo, Gerardo, sorry, she is uh, she's been in a lot of stuff too. But the thing, the interesting thing about the casting is how well Brando and Carl Malden play off each other. Yeah, that is really that part really... blew me away. I mean, the the scenes with with Carl Carl Malden has a few signature roles, and I think this is one of them. And probably the other one is on the waterfront where he plays the priest. That's where they became friends, I guess. Marlon mm-hmm. Brando and Carl. That's why he wanted because Kubrick wanted like uh, Spencer Tracy or something for that role. Oh, that would have that would have been. I mean, I I, I like that, Spencer would... Tracy, but I can't imagine it. An interaction between Marlon Brando and, but see, I I think this movie came into, I think it's I think it's at a crossroads area era or or period between, I think westerns were changing from the fifties, and also the studio system was kind of collapsing and there was these yep celebrity studio things, backed by studios. But I think so. Transitions is the word I was looking for, and Marlon Brando mm-hmm. was kind of in a transition. I think into his you know the early marlon brando and the later marlon brando well you notice um, the the movie he he went on and did after this is the mutiny on the bounty version that he made yeah and that's definitely one of the <laughs> the, the films where he he kind of goes super eccentric yeah well he was flirting with that in this movie and i i think i think um I mean, his his voice was so strange. I I don't know. I I wouldn't call it an accent, but I don't know just, what accent he has in this movie. It's just, I don't know. I think it was just something he was doing with his voice that was different. And, and, and if, <laughs> well, he did go over there, but he he wasn't. It wasn't like a hick. I I, I did it exaggerated. It wasn't like a hick kind of voice. It's just very odd. But he made he made several strange choices but i think i think this is where he was starting to get a more loose as you might say with acting and, and are, apparently he he did as 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 he directed there were there was lots of improvisation right which yeah um, doesn't surprise me at all but well that's part of the reason because they were filming that's part of the reason there was so much footage is they were filming the a lot of the improvisation and and it was like you know, so they'd film all day and then they'd use the improv to base, you know, the script rewrites and then they'd refilm. And it was a it was a long process. And I guess Brando was very meticulous. And as uh, a political writer, I, I like says it's no way to run a railroad. <laughs> <laughs> I love that expression. He uses it once in a while, usually talking about Trump or something. <laughs> That's no way to run a railroad. <laughs> I, I think I think the improv I think and and the relation the real life relationship between Carl Malden and, and uh Marlon Brando is uh I, I think that feeds into this improv and it, it adds that realism or that I don't want to say naturalism, but it's very naturalistic. <laughs> I think I think it's the movie is also known for its authentic dialogue because especially when you have like Ben Johnson and Slim Pickens and stuff like that ad-libbing i mean it's going to be pretty authentic i guess <laughs> yeah but, they were both um cowboys yeah or rodeo people or something like that but 
Sure. Um, I I actually I really liked it. I'm I'm looking forward to watching it again because I think there's things to pick up at a second time watching it. And it does have a somewhat conventional plot where the two outlaws get get cornered and one of them abandons the other one and Brando's dad goes to prison. Oh, so uh, the dad somebody has somebody has daddy issues. So Carl Malden's dad. Carl Malden's character's <laughs> name is Dad. I mean, how obvious is that? And I. I <laughs> I just love it, and I think part of the reason that, and I don't know if Brando came up with that, but I, I, I just want to believe that Brando named the guy Dad so he could just sound cool. You know what, Dad? Yeah, <laughs> and just and he was the use kid. that, and the way he 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 does it when he's speaking his lines and he addresses Dad oh. is is just great. I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you get yeah, for the first few times. It's just like, wait, his name is Dad, literally. That's <laughs> <laughs> like they're hitting the Freudian stuff over there. Oh, it's, well, it's, and Brando did have a role in the script. I mean, he oh, was oh gonna, no, he, he obviously had a and, lot of control. But in the, yeah, then then there's the fact that um, he he ends up uh, hooking up with Carl Malden's adopted daughter. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. That whole thing, and she's really good too. The actress uh, who who played her apparently she was mostly an unknown at that point. I think she was a Mexican actress. Mm-hmm. I think she had only done like um, oh a remake of Diary of Anne Frank or something. But she she was really nervous, I guess, in the making of this, and uh, yeah. she didn't know English, so they kind of set her up in a hotel for a while to learn English, and I think. I think over the course of the movie, her acting gets um, a lot better. It, I don't want to say wooden at first, but and 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 of course, it wasn't it wasn't filmed in order at all. But she comes off to me as pretty genuine. Oh yeah, especially at the end there. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it definitely. I, it, it's a little weird because Brando looks and acts older than I think his character is supposed to be. Yeah. And she seems younger than she actually is. <laughs> right. So that there's kind of a, a disconnect there. But uh, I, Well, and the movie took so long. I mean, he did like three films during the making <laughs> of this movie. So, I mean, he did age. And, and of course, there's the jokes about he gained quite a bit of weight. And... Yeah, don't feed don't feed the director. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's why we like those uh, <clears throat> the behind the scene video things. Well, yeah, I mean, at one point, like, he had a, a bed brought on to the set so he could sleep there. I mean, I, he, and he's going through a divorce, and I probably, I don't know which came first. But Another reason this movie kind of got, had a lot of history behind it is because it, it didn't do super well when it came out. And the studio for, or the, actually, I think, I think Brando, Brando's production company actually owned the thing in the end, but whoever owned, owned the film... Penna Baker Studios <laughs> did not. Yeah, I, they, they and I think they ended up with it. Paramount made the thing and probably put up the money. <laughs> but his yeah. production company, I think, owned the film after a certain point, and they did not renew its copyright. Right, and it kind of went into like a... well, it went into public domain, and and usually what that means is that when it uh, 
when it when it isn't under copyright anymore, anybody can distribute copies of it, and yeah. all the video versions were really really crummy quality because the studio or or the the production company had the original film negative. Yeah. And there's no incentive to put out a high quality version if it's just going to be copied and sold for two bucks at Walmart or something like that. Yeah. And so for a long time, th- there were no good copies of it. And then some of them were just made off of a laser disc. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the best quality version. It's kind of like the old Star Wars unaltered <laughs> versions that <laughs> like you, you could buy a videotape that was a copy of a, of a laser disc. Yep. Or the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> and in it, this division. And, and finally, I think. Uh, Spielberg and Scorsese and a few big wigs who were fans oh, yeah. of the film put up some of their money to have the film restored. And I, I they must have figured out a way to, to re-register it or something, as I assume that it's not public domain anymore. But that's something that doesn't happen that often, which is no. so I think it's pretty cool. And and they I mean it looks it looks immaculate. It, I mean the photography the, the the outdoor scenery looks like it could have been shot yesterday. I, I, right, I, I would have been interested. I would have. It would be interesting to see the. <laughs> I don't think there's more footage anywhere. Oh, the, but supposedly like eight hour the five cut. hours. I don't think I'd want to watch the eight hour version, but no. the eight hour version of David Lynch's Dune or what? What was the maximum oh, the, one yeah, on that or one? The, Twelve hours. There was a. Um, there, there was that version that was on TV. I think. I think is we that the one that he that? took his name off the Alan Smithy cut. <laughs> Yeah, we beastie. Oh, well. I, I gotta have a little more. Well, there's some cool scenes in the movie too. I mean, so I did rewatch it, so I watched it twice now, and you, you oh, kind of okay. catch you, you kind of catch different things that you may have missed at first. So in the first bank robbery scene, Brando's eating bananas. <laughs> he he's sitting there just kind of keeping an eye on the ladies, and he, he's, he's actually he's, a real fucker. <laughs> In that in that he, beginning he, section. Oh yeah, he's 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 creepy. He's very creepy, and uh, he's he's guarding the ladies, and and, and he's got this kind of voice. And how ladies? I can't even do it. But um, I, I it's like I'm making fun of him, but I can't do a subtle version. <laughs> but uh, so he's eating bananas, and he, you know he throws a peel on the scale there at the bank, and <laughs> then he has another peel and throws it on the other side. And in the second bank robbery, he, which he he isn't there, that's a different story. Did but. you did you recognize the bank teller? Well, yes, but Elijah Cook Jr. I, I'm not sure. Is he the guy that had a lot of characters where he was? No, I'm confusing the guy from WKRP. What was with <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Maytag repairman? Or? <laughs> no, no, the 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 nerdy guy, the um... Les Nessman. <laughs> I think I momentarily could. I th- I think I. Th- <laughs> oh God! I think I thought they were the same person at one point. Anyway. Okay. No, <laughs> Elijah Cook Jr. was in a lot of uh, film noir movies. I'll have to see more and of his he, stuff because he, he didn't do. He didn't have a lot to do in this movie. No, no, he no. Was... He it's a very small scene, but he uh, he also was on one episode of the original Star Trek series. Oh, plays a lawyer okay. that defends Captain Kirk. All right. Well, what what, what anyway, I was going to say? Sorry, yeah. No, no, no. What I was going to say is, um, 
the the second character in the second bank bank robbery is eating an orange, I think. Oh. So I don't know. There was some kind of fruit thing going on there. And <laughs> if Brando was left to his own devices, every scene would have had uh, later on. If this movie was made later, every scene would have had a different fruit, and he he would have had it all themed. But the other thing too is um, there's one scene where he's eating. Um, and he's talking with his mouth full and stuff like that. And, and I don't know a lot about Mark Brando's, um, early acting, but I think that's another indication of where he's getting this kind of looser, sort of more naturalistic sort of, well, okay, not naturalistic. He got weirder and weirder, but I don't know. He was just experimenting. I think his voice, uh, his, some of, some of the acting choices he was making, uh, in this, um, the other thing that his character Rio, I guess, but they called him the kid because dad needed yep. the kid. But the other the other theme he had was, uh, you know, he didn't want to go to the bordello. He's going to he's going to court or be a gentleman caller on some lady, a, a virginal somebody in town. And he's always got a piece of jewelry that he's stolen. And that's his way of uh, getting kind of a commitment or maybe going farther with a, a, a young lady than they normally would have. But, ah, uh, here's this thing. My, my mother, this is the last thing my mother gave me before she died. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's a real bastard about that. Yeah. And, and so, so you know, supposedly that this, <laughs> the, this story was also very loosely based on the historical figures, Pat Garrett, Pat Garrett and Billy the kid. Oh, well, yeah. Cause I, I guess originally the script was kind of like, a version of that, but in Monterey Bay or something. But, Which, um, you know. <laughs> of course, was made late a few years, a number, maybe ten years later, by Sam Peckinpah. Well, he was one of the. <laughs> one of he the got writers. to use some of his ideas. So that he came I mean, up there, with there, there are not that many Western stories. <laughs> there, the well, like you know, Pat six Jared months and, on the script. Pat, there's Pat, Jared, Billy the Kid. There's uh, all the Wyatt Earp stuff. You know, there's lots of wow, yeah, variations, but Earp. Yeah, that that old uh, Spike Jones song, "Why It Earp Makes Me Burp." <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I probably heard it, but it's I don't know that one. Not one of their best ones. <laughs> that doesn't sound like it. Uh, well, the well, one, I guess the other scene too is. Uh, well, so he's he, he. I don't know. We don't need to go into the whole plot, but Carl Carl Malden's character um, breaks his hand, and they got a go to this uh oh what was that place called um they got to heal up at this i guess it was owned by some chinese folks on the shore it was like uh, yeah near puta, monterey, monterey puta, Bay. Puta, yeah. puta del diablo it was called which means like satan's bitch or i don't know something <laughs> the other the other relationship that was interesting was uh rio's relationship with uh chico his uh, Mexican, uh, I guess they were in the prison for five years together. Yeah, or that's right. But I, I thought they had a really good, um, a really good, a really good rapport. Not this. It wasn't the same thing. There's, there was something very, uh, I can't think of the adjective. I'm not going to say wonderful. That's a terrible adjective. Um, between the relationship between um, Brando's character and Malden's character it's they're just so at ease with each other and it's just but 
but there was definitely a camaraderie and uh it wasn't the same thing but i thought i thought that that relationship between those two characters was really uh was really cool and then at the end i mean i'm giving it away i guess but chico gets uh gets killed you know did you notice at the end um brando's character is uh he goes past past that same area where chico is killed and you kind of see chico on the cliff yeah he doesn't see him either he goes right right over him but they went to the trouble to show his body I swear the second time I watched it, Chico moved a bit like he was reaching up. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, no. So I almost need to watch it again. because I, I, I wonder been, if there's something would have missing been dead. there, too, that was cut. Well, no, I, I that, that was a good enough little image where it's like he's just going right past his friend and yeah, he doesn't know He doesn't know, know that his friend's been killed. I swear I saw the arm move. And, and, and of course, you, you, you do know that the, the ending was changed. Well, yeah. I mean, the studio didn't like uh, it. Brando, had, it had Brando, a very downbeat ending. So, what, when Brando initially set out for this whole thing, it was going to—I uh, don't know the exact quote—but destroy all the uh, tropes of westerns and all this. And it ended up being rather. But the studio, you know, they took over at the end after Brando left to go film Mutiny, I think, and. It was just taking too long, so they said, "Ah, no, we're taking control of it." And uh, I, I think it down. he, um, you know, it. So the night it was made, actually, I, I almost call it a 1950s western, even though it's 61, I think, when it was finished. But the 1950s westerns are often studies because they 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 have so much of a uh, kind of a transitional theme to them. Yeah, and like. They they kind of take the 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 old stock nineteen thirties or so cardboard characters and stuff like that and or 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 the other cliches they're called psychological westerns or things like that (laughs) and and but there's a whole series of them that and that's why I've so far found the the westerns made the nineteen fifties to be the most interesting even the ones that are starring really movie star like people who are more stars than actors sure <laughs> like like jimmy stewart or john wayne or people like that who often they had a, they don't had a go character. beyond their personas <laughs> they had a persona right yeah yeah and uh, which reminds me of uh i'll come back to this in a second but um even those have pretty complex character things in them well that um, make them really rewarding to study, I think, which is why a lot of them are so interesting. The Speaking of that, uh, I, I recently watched this uh, Orson Welles interview that was, that was done in France in 1983, I think. Oh, I've watched almost every Orson Welles interview I can find. You should watch well, this one. <laughs> it's if long. I, if, it's really long. If I now. haven't seen it. But it's in French. Was it France? It's it's in France. He had just been given some big, you know, thing know. by Charles de Gaulle or something like that. You know, it it, <laughs> it was a big deal, a Medal of Freedom or something like that. But whatever they call it. And so basically, it's him sitting with a translator in front of a auditorium full of. I think they're mostly film students. They're younger. And, oh jeez. And it's just this, and it goes on for like. 90 minutes it's long 
Yeah. And Orson Welles must have spoken a French that he, they don't translate most of the questions. <laughs> but he speaks the answers in English. So it's actually worth watching because you can pretty much pick up what's going on. Yeah. But yeah, it, it it's really worth watching all, all in all. But the... Uh, where did you see this? I don't think um, I've seen this one. Is it on the tube of you? It's not on YouTube, actually. That's why I'll I have to, seen it, it. Some cinematique, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Cinematique. Yeah. I'll, I'll send you the link to it. Or I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, actually. I think it's worth, worth checking oh, no, out I, if, you're, if you're into that stuff. I love to listen to him. He's And, and he's very funny. He, he he can be very self-deprecating. Uh, it's, he was, it's, yeah. it, I mean, it's a very classic Orson Welles. Late, late or, I mean, this is early 80s, so oh, geez. <laughs> it's wine before it's alive. time. And, you know, he smokes a lot of cigars. And, <laughs> <laughs> but and he loves having an audience. It, I mean, you know, he, just, and he obviously really is having a good time. And yeah, he, he, and he hasn't had that opportunity for a while. I think. No, no. Point. And the, it's very obvious that the French, the, the, the young film students at the time really adored him. <laughs> so, yeah. But a couple well, of things not? he said that were funny was um, one was he talked about that the difference between movie stars and actors yeah, and that some movie stars are actors, but they're not the same thing. Sure. And I thought that, that it, the way he explained it was much better, but I thought it hit it right on when you, no, I know you see mean. lots of, you watch enough old movies and you see Humphrey Bogart and all these other people that are such personas, as we said before, right. That, they're they're not always even acting, even though there's acting involved. It's different, though. And, and then there's this. Di- you know, well, okay. And, and the the second thing I'll point out that I I, I really thought was um, interesting that he talked about was the uh, the 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 way he talked about the the different the difference between the cinema and and stage acting. Right. Was was also really striking. Although and some of his films are, the, the sets are almost like a, like a stage, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that um, oh oh, and the the last thing, the the little quip. I think it was it's at the tail end, but they they t- they asked him about Marlon Brando. And oh, interesting. <laughs> and he, he he said he actually said I would have done, I would have played Colonel Kurtz if they'd asked me to. Instead yeah. of Brando, and I would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, and then right before they cut it off, he says, "And in the Godfather," <laughs> which oh, that would have been that would have been great to see what he would have done in that. I, I it's hard to imagine, but <laughs> oh, but I love Brando too. No, no, no. Yeah. It was just the the idea of Orson Welles playing Colonel Kurtz in Apocalypse Now. <laughs> Well, I just keep thinking of his character in Catch Twenty Two, but exactly. I, 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 as far as acting goes, Brando was he got really loose, like with it. I I think I was I was thinking about that um, today, actually. (laughs) But but Brando and there's a few other actors that have that kind of really loose quality, like Jeff Goldblum, and maybe Robert. Downey Jr. when he's playing Iron Man. You know what I mean? It's, it's this kind of... Uh, I, I don't yeah, know how they, to explain it. they have it. This, uh, the, the, this attitude that 
they're they're just kind of hanging with you. Yeah, it, they're, it, they're not they they're make, not really performing so much. But like, but they are, <laughs> right? But well, but sometimes it is very um, performance performance ish, I guess. Like, I mean, Brando in <laughs> Island of Doctor Moreau or something, but but um, it's not probably a, a good example of his acting. But uh, freewheeling, like Jeff Goldblum, his character in uh, oh, it was in a Thor movie, Rankin Rock, I think, Ra- Fraggle Rock. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it was hilarious. But it was it was it was very loose. I mean, the choices well, was, they made. He was also almost playing a caricature of himself. I I think so. M- much much like Brando did when he right? was in the Freshman. <laughs> right, where, where he played a caricature of his performance in the in the Godfather, which was almost a caricature of something else. <laughs> well, and I, and even in his some other roles like Island of Doctor Moreau, I think uh, that was a, I don't know what he was doing there, but that was a character. <laughs> That's not a good example. <laughs> I should not even bring that movie up ever again. But uh, don't as far as acting goes. But um, and then you have uh, <laughs> Val Kilmer kind of imitating him. <laughs> Which is what's a weird movie. Speaking of Val Kilmer, did you know that this um, is the 35th anniversary of the Val Kilmer classic, Real Genius? 35th year of that? <laughs> yeah. Is that is that one of his first movies? It's early, well, I think. I don't think it's. Um, was that before Top Gun? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, about I, his maybe career. Top Gun was the year before that. I I, I forget. Supposedly, somebody, not that we're going to talk about high school in this episode, but... Um, Thank God. Supposedly, um, <laughs> somebody we went to high school with named Renee uh, dated Val Kilmer for a while. <laughs> after After Batman. And I don't know. I, I need, it is maybe down, we'll ha- downward slump. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to have her as a guest. I, 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 I am uh, curious that, about... That's worth its weight in gold right there. I, I am curious about that. Okay, I would not have guessed that. <laughs> I don't know how that came to be or how long they were doing. And how did but... that come up in a discussion? Did or did she post it? <laughs> no. Yeah. Did you randomly ask people if they've dated Val Kilmer? Say, <laughs> <laughs> like, have you ever dated Val Kilmer? How did that come up? I... I, I... <laughs> I don't yeah, know. It's a strange thing I, to come up in conversation. I think, no, I, I think I posted something and she private messaged me and said, <laughs> oh, by the way, I or, I don't know. I, she she wasn't bragging or anything. She just was saying, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if anyone would brag about dating Val Kilmer, but I don't know. Maybe. But anyway, so we have a connection to Val Kilmer, <laughs> sort of. Okay. <laughs> Go cobblers. Ah. <laughs> <God. laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought that was pretty fun. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything else you've been watching or reading lately? You just well, I did a deep dive into One Eyed Jack, so that's about yeah. it. I, I'm I'm trying to I, I'm trying to figure because I'm into voices, but I I just I um I cannot and 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 Brando's voice changes a little bit throughout the movie because it it wasn't filmed. You know, of course, it wasn't filmed in order sequentially. And, uh, you know, he was like two and a half years older in some scenes than others. But uh, he just had this this thing. I don't know. 
I guess he patterned his voice pattern or his uh, voice a little bit off the voice patterns of uh, Ben Johnson. I think he kind of got into that. Hmm. What's the What's the main quote there? It's like, oh, it's uh, you're a one-eyed Jack around here, Dad. I've seen the other side of your face. I I, I can't do it the voice, but well, uh, I will be curious. He, he um, almost mumbles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's that's film acting. The, the other good stage, quote that the L- Lucia says when when she finds out that he's been lying to her. He, oh yeah. He he says or see, she she says you only shame yourself. Yeah, that's a great line. And the, oh, another line. Uh, ben Johnson's character says, uh, you know, when he's convalescing at Puta del Diablo. Again, trying to heal up to do the to kill Carl, Carl Malden's character. They're there for weeks, you know, <laughs> just waiting around, throwing Ben Johnson's character, throwing rocks in it, pebbles in a cup. But uh, he gets he just gets fed up with waiting and for him to get better. And it's not going to his hand isn't going to get better. This isn't working. And uh, it says something like, uh, I guess I should look up the real quote, but basically. Uh, I, I don't think you're the, the big hired gun now anymore. And Brando's character says, well, you could put six bullets into me in the time I'd get one into you. We're basically saying, I, I'm not quoting it right, but basically saying, yeah, we're both going to die. Do you want to go there? So I don't know. That was a good line, too. There, there's some other. And you don't know how much of which one was ad-libbed and what, but that was a good line. And of course, I butchered it, but Brando had to have that scene where he is whipped. Oh, yeah. Well, it wasn't quite as, you know, I mean, that that seemed very Gibson. It wasn't Mel Gibson. It wasn't Mel Gibson ish, but it was. No, uh, but it was maybe inspiration for Mel Gibson being tortured or something like that. Or that that scene from. uh, uh, It's put to a song. In Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> oh, the 39 Lashes. <laughs> Remember we yeah, did... Yeah, no, no, I'm sure it was... <laughs> we, we stole that a little bit. Christ-like, or, or, yeah. In, in one of our little mini-tape... Mini <laughs> in one of our little mini-tapes, we had oh, a... That's count, counting. It was like a children's show, and they were counting to we're that. We're going to count to 39 for a kid's <laughs> show. <laughs> God, we're such assholes. <laughs> I don't know. That was pretty funny. I think my kids would like that, but uh, yeah, no, the whipping, the whipping scene, but that, that one, you know, um, oh, well, and Ma- Malden just has this glee <laughs> in his face. Malden's character is really strange in this movie and I almost need to watch it again because I can't, he's such a fucking asshole. I don't know. I, I know, I know that in the original script, Brando was. Uh, Dad's character was originally written as the only character in the in the movie that never lied, but um, of course the studio it's like had to make it more cut and dry because um, he wasn't. They had to make him the bad guy. No, no, no. Uh, Malden's character, not Brando's. No, I. Yeah. If I said that, I meant it the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Malden's character had to become more. You know, Dad. Dad was the only character that never lied in the original script, according to Brando. And and so that one scene that was probably added on later <laughs> or recut later, refilmed later, or filmed later after the movie had even wrapped, I think, that a few scenes had been refilmed. 
But, uh, you know, he basically lies, you know, says, yeah, I, uh, when I left you there with the, I couldn't do anything, you know, I, I, and Brando knows he's lying because he saw all the other horses there when he was with there with the Federalis. I don't know. Oh, when he was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. When he first got arrested. Right. We're Fed- jumping all over. Federalis. All the Federalis say he could have had him any day. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good song. Jeez. Yeah. Crazy. Well, I wanted, I wanted to, uh, if I ever have two dogs, I'm going to name them Poncho and Lefty, but I don't know. <laughs> that's almost as good as Frankenstein. <laughs> that was the two cats. Yeah. We, we let <laughs> that's the, hard to we, beat though. Well, but it was weird after Frank passed because then we just had a Stein. So it had to, you had to kind of explain <laughs> it, but well, why kids... would you name your cat Stein? <laughs> <laughs> Stein. The, uh, our current cats were named by the, the 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 children when they were younger. It was a Meep and Snickers. So, well, at least you don't have an animal named Phyllis. No, that would be weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's Phil- one of my well, well, okay, Phyllis. So I, I, yeah, wait, I, I, I which have, sister? Uh, Megan. Me- Megan oh, has a dog. Right. Megan has a dog named Phyllis. What was the other dog's name? Sneakers. Oh, that's right. What th- that's yeah no, that <laughs> well that, that was cool the name. Too. Um, no, but I think it, that was so, the names they came with, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah, and <laughs> I have a sister-in-law who has a cat who is named as Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, <laughs> this is such oh, is a funny be- name for a cat. Is that before all this meme stuff? I don't the- think it was named for the meme. <laughs> the Karens. <laughs> Oh, there's a, there's a what, good. Was what, Karen what, the cat so, named for a meme, or was it just independent of that? Well, it, it became associated me. with. I need to talk to your manager, a woman. Was that would Karen do that. the cat named for the internet meme? Oh, oh, you're asking. Not, I thought you were asking me. No, no, I, I don't think it was connected. It's just a happy accident. That's the story of my life. One big happy accident. I just Timbo here again. I was a stuntman on One Eyed Jacks. I fell off a horse, and uh, let's see what else. And I I think I was in some other westerns. I was in some other westerns. I kind of specialized in falling off horses. Uh, anyway, back to the show. Hi, MJ. Say something else that I can keep sampling. <laughs> she she's working. Oh. She's working for a living. She's taking what they're giving. She's working for the weekend. She's working for Lisa Gibbons. Who isn't? Uh, Are you watching the convention this week? No. I've. Uh, it's even more like an infomercial than they were before, but yeah. I uh, um, I saw part of I saw um, Parts of it are, are, are better, but other, other things are not very interesting because you don't see all the, the weirdos on the convention floor they talk to. I, and all that I miss stuff. that. I, but yeah. I, or, or also just, you know, you don't hear that the crowd reaction. And I don't know how the Republicans are going to do that. They're going to have to have maybe they'll do it because Trump needs that. He can't speak without somebody cheering or something. <laughs> I don't know. So I, maybe they'll have the cardboard cutouts. Uh, and uh, the pipes sound like the Major League Baseball. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, maybe they'll have a whole bunch of people paid to hang out. All the people who live in Trump Tower will do that. Of course, it'll be done by the time this airs. So. 
Right, maybe. Oh, that's if, stupid. If if I uh, if I if I was staging the uh, Republican National Convention, I'd have Clinius would come back and just speak to all the empty chairs. I see they they could make something really funny out of that if they had a sense of humor, but I don't think I I, I think I heard Eastwood doesn't like Trump. So. I well I don't even know. I mean I don't even know what he was trying to do with his. Uh, I think he was he was just improvising, I guess. Yeah, I. Obama was an empty chair or something, or it was weird. That was a very yeah, strange. They, that was referenced the other night on some some MSNBC person <laughs> mentioned that as a joke. <laughs> well, people still remember it. it. I'll give it, it to give it to him. <laughs> yeah, famous or infamous or I I don't know if I if if we ever had him as a guest, I would try to ask what what the, what the hell were you thinking Please or what were you what was your motivation? No. I wouldn't ask that, but I think he didn't have anything prepared. I think he just, eh, I, there's an empty chair here. I'm going to start talking to it. He might have thought he was being profound. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Clint Eastwood is, he, you think he'd know better, but I don't. Speaking <laughs> of Westerns, man. See, that's that's one thing. Every now and then you see a Western where you think, yeah, that's the last Western ever made, like Unforgiven. I think when I saw Unforgiven, I was like, no. Oh, that's the end of the westerns, but uh, and I don't know why I thought that, but it was like the pinnacle, or it was like answering everything, and it was like all wrapped up in a bow, and that's the western. Okay, but there's so many different kinds of Westper- westerns and vespers. There you go, two vespers. So many different kinds of westerns and um, variations. I mean, yeah, there's only a few themes, but how many how many stories are there? I mean, how many, what was six or something? I don't know what the, we'll have to have a literary person show up here, but there's only so you, many. You know one? What, a story line? A lit- literary person? <laughs> <laughs> well, we could have Leon. Lee might know the six um, stereo or uh, prototype storylines or something. Shakespeare, yeah. I mean, he only had, was I don't know what the number is, six or nine or something, 69. But there's only... There's only so many of these themes to draw from, and 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 this film guy uh, will write. Didn't he also make Sim City, or was that a different guy? Anyway, whatever. <laughs> but um, you know, he mentions four, but I, I think there's seven. See, I can't remember the number. There's, there's well, only the, seven the, stories. These, these were just Western plot categories. Yeah, but I so. I'm guessing there's seven. Anyway, whatever. Seven muchachos. (laughs) Well, that was the other thing with the movie One Eye Jacks is they'd um, have nicknames. So if you just watch it, it's like, what is that character's actually, what is his name? What is his name? Because like Chico, I had to look it up because I was like, what is, what is Chico's, what what is um, Brando's sidekick's name? Because it's like. Sometimes he's called Chico, and I think sometimes he's called Churro, and sometimes he's... I don't know all Churro. the different... I think so. And, like a uh, Taco John's? <laughs> I don't know what... That, See, I managed to work Taco John's into the show. <laughs> they didn't have churros when we were kids. But but I, I'm guessing that na- that word can mean a lot of different... Like the word taco can mean 140 <laughs> different things depending on how you use it. But but Chico means kid 
in Spanish, I think. So Kid Rio, whose nickname is Kid, yeah, or the or the Kid, causes Franchigo, and, and or, or Churo, and then and then the other scene at the end would be right before they kill um, uh, Chico. They they start calling him Greaser and and that kind of thing, and I don't I don't think I think that was later a later kind of um, oh slang for Mexican Americans because I don't think I don't know in the Wild West that they went around calling them Greasers, but whatever we can edit this out. The narrator to- can tell us. Well, well, I I never called them that. I never call anybody anything. Uh, I don't never even call anybody. I never had a quarter. Uh, now people have the cell phones. I get that, but uh, no, I didn't call people names or that kind of thing. I call them their name. Sometimes somebody have a nickname. Like uh, I don't think my name is really Timbo, but people call me Timbo for so long that uh, I, 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 to be honest, I don't even really know what my name is. Anyway. Uh, that's enough of that. Back to the show. Or we'll just cut it out. Yeah. Cut cut this. Can't cut this. Well, there. Wow, that was a deep dive. I just got a dirty look here. No guest. Except you. Come on over. Come on, Mary Jane. (laughs) Mary Jane K. (laughs) Special guest, Mary Jane K. Speaking of Mary Jane. Speaking of that. <laughs> smoke him if you got him. <laughs> Different smokes. Different smokes. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Maybe we're done. I'm not smoking. No, I didn't say you were. I know better. You cut all of that out. The only smoke John... John does as in his scotch. In my scotch, yeah. Exactly. In my scotch. That was one of my favorite um, Beach Boy songs. So. All right. Wow. Oh, no. We're getting the free association mode. <laughs> yeah. I got to go do something about dinner, I guess. I got to go see a man about a horse. Okay. <laughs> or a hoss. Hoss. You, so what are. Wait, first before we go, what are all the euphemisms you know about going to the uh taking a pee? Seeing a man about a horse. That that that's a big one. <laughs> that's what she did. Got to go make make some water. <laughs> make some water. I I can't think of any. Everyone submit your comments. <laughs> we'll have a contest. <laughs> you could win. You can well, you, well, you can be a guest on our next episode. <laughs> And a gift certificate to uh, Taco John's. So, all right, I would fine. pony up for that. Yeah, <laughs> pony. <laughs> I want to see a man about a pony. That's probably more accurate for some of us. That's all right, story. everybody. All right. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's all I got. That's all I got too. Uh, I was always thinking of uh, bleeding the lizard. Anyway, hey kids, I uh, hope you all enjoyed the show. Uh, Timbo here signing off uh, with the boys, Phil and John, and you know what comes next. Time for a Time to Lean flashback. Here's the song! Yeah.
stowed and six feet under is my abode. I don't feel like killing, but there are those willing to fall by my gun, and it might be fun. Before I shoot, I walk in his boots to live his life, his joys, and his strife. I'll live by the code till the last seed is sowed, and six feet under is my abode. I'll live by the code till the last seed is sowed, and six feet under is my abode. I wouldn't lie, some deserve to die. You learn to tell by their smell if they're going to hell. Help them on their way And they won't live to see another day I'll live by the code Till the last seed is sowed And six feet under is my abode I'll live by the code Till the last seed is sowed And six feet under is my abode The code was an instinct taught in school, he learned it before the golden rule, but the code's blown away like an old tumbleweed, just now when the code is what we really need. I'll live by the code, till the last seed is sowed, and six feet under is my abode. I'll live by the code, till the last seed is sowed, and six Cowboy code.